This is Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K. That's on Twitter. I'm Matt Sabrowski. You can also hit me up on my new page on Facebook, Clearly Unclear. Give it a like. Uh, share it. Um, I just started it last week. I uploaded the first podcast of this reboot there. Um, and so far, so good. Um, doing some promotion with it uh, through Facebook as well, which helps. And I've done this in the past. I had a couple small businesses um, with my cousin uh, four or five, six years ago, something like that. Um, and this was a way to connect with, um, people in that specific region. This is obviously I'm trying to reach to a much broader base than that. Um, but so far so good. And I just wanted to put out some new content today. Uh, tell you a little bit of what's going on with me. Uh, again, thank you for, um, listening to last week's episode. Um, I'm getting new hits several a day, every day. So, um, I'm hoping to make that the most uh, listened to podcast that I've done since I started this, but certainly want to uh, grow on that. And while this week's not going to be as heartfelt or emotional, um, I, again, I did get a, a, an outpouring of wonderful feedback. Um, and thank you to, like I said, thank you to each and every one of you for uh, reaching out um, or, you know, just taking the time to listen. I, it really does mean a lot. So uh, with that being said, um, we're back. This is the second episode for the reboot. Um I'm hoping to get my whole setup done by the first of the year, maybe a little after, so for the next six weeks or so. Um, we're just going to be doing it like I was doing before, uh, but more on a regular basis with more interaction. Um, like I said, I've got my Facebook page now up and running. Um, shout out to a couple people who've shared it um, you know, through their uh, podcast a medium as well. I do appreciate that and um, looking forward to just creating content and um, just talking about what's going on in sports, my life, things in general. Um, right now, specifically, uh, we have, I help coach Little League. Uh, if you know me personally, uh, you know I love sports. Obviously, this is why I'm doing this. Um, I'm my first year helping to assistant coach, well, for a full season. I did this years ago, but uh, not on like a full-time basis. Uh, just anytime I was able to make it into um, Oceanside, which is about 45 minutes from where I've been living at the time just to help out. But this is every, this is, you know, twice a week, Monday, Wednesday, and then games on Saturday. And, um, it's there's six to eight year olds. Well, one was just five who turned six. Um, but a lot of them are basically six through eight. Um, our team name is team DC. We were split into two teams because, uh, we had a ton of kids. Um, so the other teams, team Marvel, and then there's two other teams in the league. So, um, it's a six game season that ends, um, you guaranteed six games could play seven. So, um, first two games, I think we what we tied, we lost, um, and then we lost again, and then we won twice. I think we're two two and I think we have two wins, two losses, and one tie. So, um, last week was bad, <laughs> um, but it's okay. Uh, these kids are just learning and they're having fun. And I know this one kid came up to me. And he goes, I don't like this game. And I just, I laughed because, well, I didn't really know what he meant specifically, but I was like, you don't like baseball or you don't like this specific game you're playing today? And he goes, I don't like the way this game's going. I go, I don't like the way this game's going either. Losing is not fun because um, it's not fun. Um, and then you could see on the kids' faces, they were just exhausted. Um, but it was just one of those days. The other team just it was really good. Um, and if you have kids who can, 
consistently catch or stand in front of a ball, um, you know, they're going to win. So um, for me, I just love coaching baseball uh, sports in general. Um, I got gifted this opportunity because my girlfriend's boys are both young um, and looking to get into sports. And I'm a big um, supporter of youth sports just because I know what it meant to me growing up, even though I didn't play quote unquote organized sports my whole youth. Um, that's all we did growing up was wake up, at, especially during the summer, up at seven in the morning or on Saturdays and Sundays, seven, six, seven, eight in the morning. And that's all you were doing, just playing sports, riding bikes. Uh, we played hockey, football, minimal baseball. That's that's a lot harder to get you know that many kids together, but a lot of basketball, a lot of roller hockey. Grew up in California. A lot of uh, wasn't really touch football. Uh, we used to get pretty physical, but uh, I played baseball. Um, I played uh, roller hockey in high school. A dash of dash of football and a dash of track and field, but nothing um, to where I was you know thinking it would <laughs> be something that I can do in college or get a scholarship for, but. I've always just loved sports, um, and I just I'm just glad that I can help kids learn how to play a game that can be frustrating, but I think it's one of the more rewarding games a kid can learn how to play because it's not just hit the ball and run, um, you know, which is what you do teach at the beginning phases of baseball. But really, it's situational. It's thinking. Um, it, it's it's if there's two guys on and there's this many outs and I'm the third baseman, where do I go with the ball? Um, you know, being responsible for um, you know, being a good teammate, getting along with your teammates. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a fun age. They're a good group of kids. Our, our, our head coach is fantastic. He's great with the kids. He's the leader. Um, you know, I'm just there to help facilitate, do drills, um, you know, talk to the kids a little less about baseball, a little more about what's going on with them. Big deal to them is there's the book drive going on, so they're all stoked about that. One kid's got Cub Scouts who's going on a camping trip. I got another kid telling me about his dog, Cody, that he emphasizes uh, always with a K, which is cute. Uh, but just a good group of kids, and I'm hoping I can continue to do this. I hope my ladies' boys continue to play. Um, I think they can both play together for one more, f two more full seasons, um, and then they'll have to separate or figure out what they want to do. But I know they love baseball, um, and they enjoy, for the most part, um, enjoy being out there. Uh, sometimes they can be pain in the asses, but that's, that's just, you know, that's just <laughs> as a coach and then, you know, seeing kids out there and, you know, they're all going to, not all of them, but they, you know, those two though, they're brothers and they like to, uh, they feed off each other's energy, um, like to play in the sand, but for the most part, they're good boys. They listen. Um, but there's some really good, good kids on the team. Uh, we're going to be missing a, a brother duo, on Saturday, but I, I think, um, you know, the way that we practiced the other night, the way that we're going to practice tomorrow, um, it's fun, um, but it's really just back to the fundamentals of it, and for them, it's just getting in front of the ball, listening to what the coaches are telling them, um, so I'm looking forward to the tournament. I would love for these kids to win first place, um, but just at the end of the day, I would just like them to at least get one extra game, um, maybe win some games that people don't think they can, because I think they've far exceeded uh, everyone's expectations based on how the teams were divvied up um, at the beginning of the year, which is fine. You don't want a, 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 a drastically different group of kids who are where you've got half the team who's really, really good versus half the team who's just starting. So um, it, it's the, the other team's got a good mix of kids been playing for a while. A lot of these kids, this is their, their really their first season playing organized ball and or their second. Um, some of them never even played T-ball. So um, a lot of good 
just a lot of fun personalities on the team. So um, wish us luck. I hope we win. I'll talk more about it next week when I uh, when I drop my uh, my next podcast, my next episode. So um, that's gonna come to an end. Um, I don't know if winter ball is gonna happen. I don't think winter ball out here is really a thing. Um, I know summer ball isn't because it's so dang hot, but. Um, I'm hoping if there's winter ball, they play so we can continue this Monday and Wednesday, Saturday thing. Um, I kind of dig it, but a, a little break would be nice. Um, really wanted to go to the UTSA game. Uh, I think they play UAB this weekend. They struggled in what was a really, really ugly game. I'm talking... one. It was really ugly. Like I compare it to if you watch that Steelers... Excuse me, that Steelers-Detroit game. You're just kind of like, Ugh. I mean, at least it's football, but this was bad. Um, shout out to Southern Miss who came in with a game plan, slowed the game down. I don't even know how they were in it with as many penalties as they had. Just, it was just ugly football. But as soon as UTSA took the lead, that was it. Um, that was pretty much it. They imposed their will on the defense kind of started showing up. Um, there was over 30,000 people at the Alamo Dome and yes, the Alamo Dome does still exist. So it was a great turnout. I'm rooting for these boys. Um, I lived out here the first year they rolled this out with Larry Coker. Um, and I remember, and just to see the program grow, because I've been watching from afar, mostly on ESPN Plus, living in California, following them, and then just being back here and really following them, following them uh, locally um, has been something. So I'm hoping they continue this trend. I know they move up to a, a new conference. I think it's the American Conference. But um, an undefeated season would be remarkable. Uh, beating a team from the Big Ten, going into Memphis, which is a hard place to play, and coming from behind and winning, um, going you know on the road to UTEP and just really just beating them up good, and then having the weight of you know you're now a ranked team, you're 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 15th in some polls, 23rd in the playoff polls, which are done by a committee of folks. You know this is a big deal for a school that's only had the program for about 10, 11 years. Uh, Jeff Trailer's a, a great coach. He just signed another 10-year extension. Um, I don't know how long he'll stay. He's that good of a coach, but he's very loyal. Um, if you look him up, he's one of the best Texas State head coaches of all time. Um, but he brings um, a level of professionalism, but also a level of just he, he does, his motto is we just don't buy it. We, we don't we don't eat the cheese. is basically what he says. Um, we know we're good, but we got to go out there and prove it every week. And now when they're ranked. You know, I thought last week was going to be it, um, but there was some uh, interesting. The I don't know if you caught the end. So, anyways, before I go on to the another game, I just uh, great performance by UTSA. Um, I think those kids were just in a position of, you know, this is this is brand new. No, this has never been done at UTSA, which is the University of Texas San Antonio. So. Um, like I said, they need to win this week, and then I think with the last game of the season, they can wrap everything up pretty nicely um, and, and maybe top this season off undefeated while moving up into a higher conference, uh, which means recruiting is going to get better. So, um, you know, check that game out. It's 2.30 Central Standard Time, um, which is, what, 12.30, Standard, uh, 12.30 Pacific, and then uh, 3.30 Eastern. So that'll be on ESPN+. Plus. It might be on ESPN+. Uh, regular ESPN or ESPN two throughout the day, just uh, depending on what's going on um, and where the where the rankings uh, you know sit after today. Um, but there was some uh, other great action with college football, Texas Tech um, with the walk off sixty two yard field goal that was wild. Uh, Ohio State rolls Purdue. Um, you know Michigan. You know you know they they win, but it was just not a great performance again. 
Um, Oregon beats Washington. So they're um, Cincinnati rolls, Alabama wins. Um, you know, so right now, really the only clear-cut playoff team that I see is Georgia. I think everything else is a crapshoot. Um, but it's going to come down to the final weeks, and I think one of those spots is going to come down to the last week of the season when Ohio State plays Michigan, um, and they each got one loss, and it's going to be basically for all the marbles, so to speak. And um, while Ohio State hasn't looked pretty, I didn't expect them to be in a, I didn't expect them to be in a position to where they would be in the top four. I mean, I know they have the talent, but they're young. Ryan Day runs a very different offense than. Ohio State is traditionally running. He likes to pass the ball a lot, even though he's got a couple stud running backs. Henderson went off on Purdue. Um, he's all world. I mean, he's he's just a freshman. He's he's fantastic. And then Master Teague's off the bench. They've got Alave. They got tons of wide receivers. Really, the question this year was their defense because of all the turnover they've had the last couple years. This is a rebuilding year. They got a lot of more recruits coming in. They got a ton of talent. It's just crazy what they do there. Um, Michigan is, you know, Michigan is, I never say never against a couple teams in that division. One of these years, Michigan's going to get Ohio State and it's going to be, it's going to cost Ohio State something big, like whether it's basically going to the playoffs and this is what that game might mean. Um, so college football starting to heat up just a few weeks left. NFL was interesting last night. The Rams just got smoked. Um, San Francisco's so weird. Garoppolo was on fire. Debo Samuel caught two touchdowns. Kittle was running all over the place. So that was two games in a row where I believe the Rams just didn't look good and lost. Um, you know, I'm not saying you're going to have these lulls in the season. Um, outside of that, you know, I did, uh, if you go to my page on Facebook, um, at Clearly Unclear, you can um, – you can see I, I focus on four games. I'm going to do that for the remainder of the season. Uh, four games that interest me, but that have you know implications um, in you know whether it be in the division or in the conference. So uh, this was one of them, and um, the Browns and the Patriots were. I expected the Patriots to win, but man, did the Patriots! who are quietly playing some of the best football, probably the best football, uh, just went in and st they at home just absolutely smoked, absolutely smoked the Browns. I'm a Browns fan. I had it 2017. I thought it was going to be a tight defensive slugfest. Um, but, man, did they put it on the Browns. And the Browns had no answer for them. Baker has been playing with a, a – it seems like an every-other-year thing with Baker. Rookie year, really good. Second year, not good at all which I sort of expected. That was a whole dumpster fire with Freddie Kitchens. This is a fucking dumpster fire. Um, and then last year was wonderful. And this year has been so-so, hit or miss. But he's been playing, and, and more power to him, he's been playing with a hurt shoulder. Um, I think it was hurt even more. Um, he's trying to push through these games. The Browns are 5-5. Five and five. The playoffs started today. They, you know, they, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. But there's still some time. Their schedule's hard. They play the Ravens. They still play the Ravens twice. They still play the Steelers once, and they still play the Bengals once. That's what two, four of their last what six games are against in the division, and all three of those teams are pretty good. And so it's going to be tough sledding. It's really up to that defense getting Chubb back healthy. But man, they got smoked and um, in, in a prime spot too. So a lot of people watch that. 
Um, what else happened? Chargers, disappointing. They should have uh, – I thought Mike Williams was going to uh, come out of his slump, and he just didn't, and the Chargers lose at home. Uh, the Raiders get smoked on Monday on Sunday night football. Um, I had the Chiefs winning. The Chiefs are slowly on a three-game winning streak. It hasn't been impressive, but they're on a three-game winning streak. And then that Seattle game, Seattle has looked lost. Um, even with Russ back, I knew he was going to be rusty, but you almost wanted to wait a week for that one, Get him, maybe get Carson back. Um, I mean, the Packers didn't look great. Aaron Jones had a good day. Uh, Rodgers was hit or miss. Um, I didn't really look at the stat box, but um, another uh, Cam Newton, a couple touchdowns in Carolina. They go on and they just absolutely roll Arizona, but I think Arizona doesn't quite care. Um, they, you know, if they have to split two games, one and one, while sitting Kyler and D Hop, you know, they've got injuries as well. I think they'll take that. Um, I got to look at their bye week, but. I don't think they have a. They've had their bye week just yet, so who knows? They might play this week. They might not. They might try to roll the dice one more time, get everybody healthy, and just kind of go on a run. So um, right now, there's 12 teams, I believe, in the AFC that are five and five or or better. Um, the NFC's got the worst. Well, NFC's top heavy, but um, I, there's no clear cut favorite in um, the NFL like there is in college football. Um, where I think Georgia's the only clear-cut favorite who can win win the title. I, there's not very many teams who are going to be able to beat them unless they beat themselves. And it's like a short list of Alabama, Ohio. You really just have to have the players. But anyways, um, it was just an interesting week in the NFL and in college football. Um, you know, the NBA is just getting going. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Denver-Dallas game last night. Denver looked good early. Uh, Jokic and uh, Chris Stapps were both balling out. Chris Stapps was actually playing down low effectively. Um, had his three going. Luka started slow. And I think I've, I've talked about this before, but, man, the guy's got to quit crying. He, just, he got a tech going into half. Um, I don't know if it rejuvenated his team, but, uh, you know, Dallas was able to um, really take over in that fourth quarter uh, behind a good performance uh, from Luka. Um, they got some players on that team. Um Excuse me. And Porzingis, you know, if he can play that way, uh, they're going to be formidable. Uh, the West is wide open. Um, you got the Lakers. You're going to get LeBron back probably on Friday. They've been four and four, and I know people are like, "Well, they're 500." I know, but with the and they've had other injuries. They haven't looked great. Um, I'm not ready to call this. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to call this a um, uh, a lost season for the Lakers because it's not. They're just looking to get to the playoffs. I don't think they want to be a seventh seed and have to play in the playing game. I certainly think they won't. They would prefer to be in the top three, but if they're four, five, or six, they're not going to care. Their 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 whole thing is we know what we want. We got to get there healthy. None of their guys seem to be healthy, um, and so it's just about making sure LeBron and AD. He had a poor game against the Timberwolves and then came back and uh, was the Timberwolves. I know they lost to the Timberwolves and they came back and smoked um, uh, San Antonio, and then last night just got completely blown out the water by the the Bulls who are playing fantastic ball. Um, they got this some studs on the, the guys that just get into your jersey with Caruso and Lonzo Ball. Um, they got shooters. DeRozan's playing well. Loved him. Underrated playing in San Antonio and you know in uh, Toronto for his whole career. Now he's on, you know, he's in one of the bigger markets in in, in sports. So. 
Um, he's getting his due. He's getting his run. Detroit's terrible. Houston's lost like 11 or 12 in a row, I believe, as of uh, the other day. Uh, Cleveland lost a, a lost. Cleveland's Evan Mobley. It might be the real deal. I, I like the pick when they when they got him. Um, he fits what they want. But that team's. I think they're nine and six. Um, they had won seven of their last ten. Now it's six of their last ten. But I was hoping last night they can squeak one out against the Clippers at home. Uh, not the Clippers, the Celtics, and and, and they lost as well. So um, the Heat looked hot coming out. Heroes playing well. He's got to be up there for most improved player uh, with the way he's balling. Uh, you know, Ja, uh, ja Morant, uh, one of my favorite players to watch, is on uh, just on a tear uh, for Memphis. Um, if you don't, you know, I don't have league pass, um, and I try to watch when I can, but um, watch those boys out in Oklahoma City. They might not be great record-wise, but, man, are they fun. That that, that Dort kid, he, dude, that he's a, he is a man, and he – he has been a man since the day he stepped into the NBA. Because defensively, man, he will he will stop you. But he can hit buckets. He can hit the three. He's developing a great. Uh, to, he's developing into being one of the best two way players in basketball. Because he he'll he'll lock just about anybody down, and he'll guard as many positions as you want him to. Um, and it's Shea Gilders Alexander, and then they've got that giddy kid that they got out of Australia. Um, they got some fun. It's just they're fun to watch. Um, there's a lot of fun players to watch. Um, a, a fun player to watch whose team is struggling, which is interesting right now, specifically, are the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, I think they lost DeAndre Hunter um, the other day, but that's they started slow last year. I think they're going to get it right, but um, it's hard to go from. I mean, they you know they went pretty they went far in the playoffs. I mean, they went a lot further than anybody expected. Uh, the Knicks are slowing down a little bit. Uh, Steph is cooking in the Bay Area. He's got that team rolling. Um, the Brooklyn is starting to look good. If I'm looking at a finals that I would love to see personally, if Clay can come back and get healthy, if somehow Kyrie can reinsert himself into um, that lineup come the summer, Golden State and Brooklyn, from an aesthetic point of view, like basketball-wise, yeah, I'm into that. I'm definitely into that. Sorry, LeBron James and Lakers fans. I don't. I'll still watch, but like the storylines around KD and James Harden. KD won with the Warriors, and the Warriors were James Harden. It's like the bane of his existence as a basketball player. He could just never get over the hump because of them. And now he's in Brooklyn, and they're going to meet in the finals. It would just be. It would be. I mean, it would be the stars would be out. You got Brooklyn, you got the Bay Area, they're big, they're big markets, uh, big pocket owners who don't mind spending. Um, it would be a lot of fun. But like I said, even maybe without Kyrie as well, although I think Kyrie, if he somehow lands back on the team, that would be great. Um, and I'm going to step back and talk about something that I just touched on a little bit uh, last week at the end of my podcast, and it was... When I said Ben Simmons and Kyrie are the same, I want to clarify. Ben Simmons and Kyrie are the same because they're a distraction, but they're distractions for very different reasons. I even said I, I support Kyrie in his choice to get to get the vaccination or not get the vaccination. And even he has come out and says he understands with what he's doing. He understands that there's going that this is the consequence of doing that. And I know people are upset and it's not fair and it's, 
um, against the law, whatever, whatever your beliefs are, you have a choice. And that's what our freedoms allow is we have a choice. But just because you want you want to make that choice doesn't mean you're going to get a favorable consequence. It might not be good. It could be great. Um, but, you know, he hasn't really said much. He hasn't really been a distraction because the Nets finally put their foot down and be like, you can't play. It's, I mean, you're not going to be on this team. So, um, but that's what I meant. They're, they're both sort of a distraction. Now, Ben Simmons is turning into way more of a distraction than Kyrie is because we know where Kyrie stands. Again, I support him in his beliefs. I'm glad he's sticking to his guns. Um, if he decides that he wanted to do more research and get it, I'm not going to be one of those people who like, oh, you're just doing it for the money, pal. If there's one thing I know about Kyrie Irving, yes, he has a lot of money, but that dude cares about a lot more than just playing basketball in, in, his, in his pocketbook. I know he cares about his money. We all care about our money. But let's face it, like, that's a dude who'll walk away and just be like, okay, I have enough money. I don't, I don't want to get the vaccine. I did my research. My research says I don't want to do it. It's against my religion, whatever the, whatever his reasoning behind it is. But with Ben Simmons, I touched on mental health last week and just me. And I, I don't want to sit, I don't want to sit here and say he's faking it, but at the same time, it's just like super convenient after he, he made the decision to pass up shots in the playoffs. He's made the decision not to get into the lab and put the work in. Because when you put the work in, you're going to get that output. But you got to put it in. you got to do the work. That's how you get better. He can be this player for the rest of his career just because he's that talented. But this is all, Which is great. A facilitator, a great defender. But dude, you need to learn how to shoot. Even if it's from 10 feet. you got to try. Like that's that's what's expected of you when you get that big contract. This contract was given to you based on the improvements you would make over the course of the next four to five years to where you'll get another contract. Look at what Giannis is doing. That dude's having to totally relearn how to play the game because he's got so many injuries. He's facilitating. He's he's dishing the ball out. He's having to make more decisions on the fly. He's having his IQ tested, which has been in question quite a bit, his basketball IQ. And he's showing he's now can make those you're seeing it early on. He's making those split decisions while I'm taking it to the rack. I got this guy beat. Or, hey, I got a better I got a better chance of getting uh, – we got a better chance of getting points if I move this ball off to somebody. And that's why they're staying afloat. That's why no one's worried about them because they're going to slowly get pieces back. But with Ben Simmons, it's like the Sixers have given you every opportunity to do your thing. And I, I think he was in a film session uh, – I was listening to a doc interview, but it was in a film session. So I don't know if he's showing up or not showing up, but you don't want to be in Philly. Philly wants to trade you. You basically didn't want to show up. Then they started finding you. You showed up. You act like a child. You get booted from practice and then you use mental health. And then when they start finding you again, you have Maverick Carter come out and say that they're, um, that the organization, you know, is, isn't supporting Ben Simmons, but it's like at some point your employer is paying you. They're going to want to see if you're making the strides to get better. If in fact you have mental health issues, if you're confiding in your company, it's like in any other company, you can confide in them. You can take a couple weeks off, but if within a couple weeks, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And then you don't, and you're not showing up to work. You're not going to have a job. I know you can't compare 
uh, a regular job to the NBA, but you there's parallels to it. So with that being said, I, I think, you know, Daryl Morey is over here saying this would be a four-year problem. No, it shouldn't be a four-year problem. If anybody, he wants to get the best deal possible, of course, but you're not going to get the value which you think Ben Simmons is worth because he's created a market where he's not desirable because they know he wants to leave and they know that you want to get rid of him, so they're going to lowball you. And I would do the same damn thing because that's how that's how it works. This is that it's negotiations. You're not you know you're not just gonna. They want players in return that are good. They want high draft picks. You can't have both. Right now, I would suggest getting some players who can actually add to the Philly team who's actually playing really well because the other Curry, Seth, out there in Philly is balling out himself. They're playing more as a team as well. But they could use a real facilitator. They can use some additional pieces. Um, but they're not letting Ben... I don't know how much longer... It can go if, you know, at some point you're going to tell Ben to sit home and give him the John Wall treatment um, and just be like, sit home, we'll figure it out. Because at some point, if your team's playing well, which Philly is, do you really want Ben Simmons coming back into your locker room and potentially harming that chemistry that you guys have built early on in the season after like a little sluggish start? No, you don't want that. Try to move off of him or just go with that team that you have. And then in the offseason, try to move him. Um, Philly's good as long as uh, Embiid is healthy. Um, he's really, really good. He's one of the best players in the NBA. So, um, you know, interesting stuff happening in the NBA early on. There's always drama. Um, we will talk about those trades. I know there's this fascination with um, there's less talk about the play on the court than there is um, where there's more talk about trades and whatnot. And, um, you know, that's just part of the NBA game. That's part of the evolving storyline. That's kind of how you get through a long season is with the storylines. And so while the play on the court is fantastic and I love it, what comes with it also are these storylines that are interwoven, what makes it so exciting. So um, NBA is a long season. I'll be covering it as much as I possibly can. Um, I'm a big fan, but I just, uh, I can't do, it's hard to, 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 to muster those, those full 82 games. I know, um, you don't really start paying attention until after Christmas or on Christmas and then kind of lull through until after the All-Star break. Uh, but I like to peep in, uh, keep up. You know, this is when you see trends trends starting to set in. Who's good defensively, who's not, who has trouble scoring in the fourth quarter, who gives up big leads, um, you know, w- when players are most effective. You're starting to see the rotation start to fill out. So uh, with that being said, um, I wanted to shoot out a quick episode just to kind of go over – uh, what I saw um, this weekend in football, uh, touch on some uh, my coaching in Little League. Um, just thank everybody for reaching out, listening to my last episode, visiting my Facebook page at Clearly Unclear. Um, give it a like, give it a follow, hit me up on Twitter, Matt, 1T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Um, would love any feedback, looking to collaborate um, with a couple folks out there here in the in the very near future. Um, I'll keep you updated on, you know, getting everything going as far as kind of like a home studio setup, which I said, uh, hopefully towards the end of the year or right at the beginning of, of the year with everything in the holidays going on. Um, and you know, with baseball coming to an end, we got Thanksgiving, we got Christmas coming up, um, lots to be thankful for, um, 
whether you've lost somebody, um, just know that you have a bunch of people in your life, um, you know, in that, that are there for you, um, that can help try to fill that void in the holiday season. If you have lost a loved one, like I have, um, you know, earlier, earlier this year at the end of August. So, um, thank you again. Um, reach out. I'm going to toss up another episode maybe later this week. Um, most likely next week, I'm going to try to shoot for Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, now that I have a little bit more free time, but, uh, much love to y'all. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is clearly unclear. I'm your host, Matt Zabrowski. Peace out.